But I'm really, really excited this morning. It's always, uh, it's always amazing watching people take that next step and declare their love for Jesus uh, by being baptised. And so I'm really looking forward to that uh, in a little while and the, the privilege to be able to actually stand with them as they are baptised as well. So uh, I'm going to try to not talk for too long so that we can focus on that. You know, so I, I love that people are ready and prepared to publicly step out in faith and declare the sovereignty of God in their life. And days like this, I'm always really inspired and encouraged by people's courage to actually come and declare that to, in some instances, in front of complete and utter strangers and people that they don't know real well. And for me, I see baptism as a prophetic statement of leaving the past behind and coming up completely new. To me, it signals a time of new beginnings. One of my really good friends a couple of years ago summed it up like this. There's no other time in your life other than when you are born and when you get baptised that you get to properly start again. And I really, really like that. And that's been my prayer for those being baptised today. That as they are immersed in water and come up again, it's a cleansing, a letting go and a new start. Because it doesn't matter who we are or what we've done, we all have a shot at a new beginning. And my message today is around this. Uh, I've called it Culture Clash, because uh, I like those funky little topics, and hopefully it comes out. Uh, you see, our culture is one of a, you only get one shot, so try not to stuff it up mentality. So it becomes about us, what's convenient and beneficial for us. But the culture that Jesus lived, well, that was rebellious, was revolutionary, it was countercultural. And when we choose to follow him, we're hit with a culture clash. Do we do what is natural and follow what everybody else does around us? Or do we be a little bit daring, a little bit rebellious and embrace the culture of the cross? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning and I pray that you would speak your words through my lips and help us to understand a little bit more about you and about ourselves this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, who's ever been faced with a decision between what's right and what's easy? I think all of us have at some point. And often the easy option isn't necessarily a bad option. It's rather one that is just comfortable and convenient for us. And while I've been guilty of making those decisions, I've come to learn that there's much more to life than simply living for your own ego, your own desires, your own acceptance, and your own security. And this is where the culture clash I mentioned earlier comes into play. You know, we get some people will try and adapt the Christian faith to fit their convenience and their lifestyle, or they ignore him because it's easy. And often we know him and we completely love him, but there's just some sort of disconnect in there. You know, in my early days of after I accepted Jesus, I was definitely guilty of trying to, to, to twist what the Bible said to fit the way that I lived. 
you know, I, wanted, I didn't want to change my lifestyle, so I tried to, tried to find ways to justify what I was doing and how I was living, especially, um, you know, working at, a, at an AFL club, the culture's all, let's go out and have a few beers after every game, this, that and the other. And so I, 18-year-old boy, I wanted, I wanted to fit in. So I tried to twist everything. But there always comes a time when we need to make a stand and draw a line in the sand. And for me, that started the first time I read Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 25. They will be on screen, but if you've got a Bible, I want you to pull it out and actually look at the words, because I think the words uh, are fantastic. So it's Matthew 16, 24 to 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Now again, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And whoever wants to save their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for me will find it. It's an amazing piece of scripture. And it's one that, you know, it, it, it's a very simple for uh, the, the first part of take up your cross, you know, that's really significant to me. And it's a clear and simple four words, yet it's probably one of the more difficult ones to understand or implement in life. But I fervently believe that exploring and understanding the culture of the cross is central to living life to the full. You know, it, it, it's easy to, to do things your own way if, if things are hard. And some of you have probably heard me share this story before, but it makes me think about in year 10 and our house footy grand final and I took a mark late in the game, wanted the glory for myself to go back and... Uh, kick the goal, be celebrated, all of that. Um, I, had a, I had a teammate a lot closer to goal in a lot better position that I could have kicked it to and he could have done it, but I chose to do it myself and uh, basically I ended up kicking the ground and missing the ball. <laughs> well, one of those moments that happens in front of the whole school and uh, other people as well, it's pretty embarrassing. Um, but that can happen in life, you know. We, we, we've got a culture, and the team culture was to, to pass and to think of your teammates and to do the team thing. I chose to do it my way, and I failed. And what this reaffirmed for me is that footy is a team sport, and so is life. I like what President John Fitzgerald Kennedy once said. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, but rather what you can do for your country. I think that that's an amazing principle that we can live by. That we don't focus about us and what we can get and being comfortable, but we actually turn around and go, okay, what can I do that's gonna benefit everybody as a whole? And this is why the scripture that I read, in my opinion, is so important. When we take up our cross, we take up all that that represents. 
You know, and it's easy to, to turn your mind solely to suffering. And the cross represents suffering. Because, yes, it was a, a historical uh, way of torturing or killing people. And so you automatically associate it with suffering. But from a, from a faith perspective, there's a whole lot more to what the cross actually represents. It represents things such as surrender, self-sacrifice, redemption, forgiveness, hope, acceptance, restoration, our potential, represents new life and eternal life. From it we get our purpose and our identity. It's a good song, pretty up too, given we're talking about the cross and that's all it's about. So uh, I'm going to just say that's prophetic, so we'll go with that. Um, that's good. I, I like God's sense of humor sometimes. Um, but the, the, the biggest thing that I see with the cross is love. And this is a culture clash with what is represented in the world. All of those things. And there's so much more that you can explore and see what the cross actually represents. But it's completely countercultural to the world. Jesus asks us to deny ourselves. So give, us, give up our ego, the things that, that are all about us, and actually focus on him, focus on other people and follow him. And it is a challenge, and I... I'm the first to admit that I struggle with it a lot. But I'm being taken on a spiritual journey to actually understand the importance of embracing this scripture and the culture that comes with it. Because I reckon if we actually get the point of this and we actually embrace it, just think about what the world would look like if you've got a whole lot of people operating out of love, sacrifice, obedience, putting other people first. And so we get to today. It's a line in the sand moment for those getting baptised. It's saying that I don't want to simply just say I am a Christian, I want to go all in. It's putting aside our comfort and security in order to say to God, I'm yours. Send me, use me, guide me. And he honours that obedience. And I, I, think, I think to the story of, of Daniel, and he's one of the more inspiring characters I've found in the Bible. And there's a, there's a story where the, the king in the land puts out a decree that says, oh, you can't worship or pray to certain God. You can't pray at a certain time of day. But Daniel knows his God and he prays to his God and is arrested thrown in a lion's den and they they're basically expect him to be finished. But then the next morning they go and open the door and Daniel just casually strolls out and the king is so blown away by what happens that he wipes that decree and it says that he starts to follow God himself. And so are we living by what we see or by what God spoke? Daniel lived by what God had spoke, what God had revealed to him and not by his circumstances. And God wants us to do the same. You know, he wants us to partner with him 
and live in relationship with him as we were created. And for me, baptism inadvertently became an act of stepping out from my earthly security and stepping into my eternal destiny. I say that because I kind of didn't really know what baptism was and there were some people getting baptised through the uni ministry I was a part of and I was just like, oh, this is, this is cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And it was like the day before it was actually happening and I'm just like, yeah, cool, I'll do it. Mostly did it just because everybody else was kind of doing it so I thought it was the, the in thing to, to kind of do. And, um, but it's been since then that I've actually understood what baptism represents and the change that it brings. Through my teenage years, you know, I was, I was a bit of a rat bag. I think most teenage boys at some stage of life are, are rat bags. I was probably a little bit worse than, than some. Um, and it stemmed, I had issues at home, so I turned to alcohol and girls and popularity and all of that to, to fill a void. Um, and I kind of became a Christian also a little bit out of the out of the blue I read a a series of books that are that are fiction books but I kind of got a little bit scared of um, what would happen if I didn't know Jesus and so I started to investigate it now there's a whole lot of other layered things in there but I'm trying to keep this uh, the short version Um, and ultimately I I randomly rocked up at church one day in 2008 and decided you know what let's give this thing a try I've tried pretty much everything else to try and make myself feel better, so may as well give this a try. And what I learned through all of this is that we can't or won't value the anchor until we've been in a storm. And, and, and that's been a really profound truth for me. And so baptism, even at that point, I'd been a Christian for about a year and a half, but I was still angry, I still drank too much, still probably didn't put God high uh, on the list of priorities. But then baptism shifted all of that. You know, there's something spiritual about going under the water and then rising again. You kind of, there's not much you can do. It changes something inside of you. And for me, it led to the scripture, Joshua 24, 15, which says, as for me and my house we will serve the Lord. And for me, that carries a lot of weight because for me, there's no one else in my immediate or extended family that knows Jesus. It's the same for my wife, Emma. So we're kind of starting our own faith legacy, I guess you could call it. And God does this stuff. He starts to change and work in you and it's a counter-cultural thing and so it comes to a point where we actually have to make a decision do I just want to say I'm a Christian and not really focus on God or put any stock in what he says or am I going to draw that line and say you know what I'm stepping off the ledge I trust you and I'm going to live for you you know ultimately my baptism showed me that God doesn't care about anyone's past we're all worthy of his love and acceptance. You know, we are all worthy of his love 
and acceptance. So much so. You know, a lot of you probably know the scripture, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. God did that for us. You know, he loves us so much that he gave us free will and we choose to do whatever we want with that. And often it's opposite to what he wants. But he loves us anyway. And there were different things that we tried to get right with God, but nothing could ever actually satisfy what we needed. So God sent Jesus, who endured a heck of a beating, a lot of abuse, and then hung on a cross for us. But he did it in love. He did it in obedience and he did it in sacrifice. And so many other things that I reeled off before. You know, Jesus did that for us. He wipes the slate clean. What's in the past is in the past. And being baptised and coming out of that water, that's truly leaving it in the past and saying, right, I stand before you a new creation, chosen by God to do his work in the world. And it's a pretty amazing thing. You know, obedience is the foundation where promises are fulfilled. And Jesus' obedience fulfilled prophecies and our obedience to God sees him fulfill his promises to us. You know, faith is accepting this truth. And it's more than just saying it, it's actually living it. And that's why I think this whole culture clash is so important. If we can start to live by the culture that Jesus modelled for us, think about how the world would look. And as our brothers and sisters today decide to get baptised, they choose to act on that faith. They choose to forgo and deny themselves and give life to what Jesus wants to do in and through them. Not only that, they are washed clean of any labels that bring them down. They're washed clean of unworthiness. And they rise in their true heavenly potential. And that's exciting. And for all of us, we got to choose whether or not we make a stand. If we want to see the world transformed, then we need to embrace the rebellious, scandalous, transformative culture that Jesus modelled and died for and then actually get serious in our faith. Let's change the world, not just survive it. Hey?